Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers and parents to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host and transformational coach, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. And as always, you know, thank you and welcome back. You know, I'm always grateful that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to listen in. And it's a yeah, it's the last week of the Easter holidays here uh, for some schools here in the UK and uh, I guess with the current conditions I can only imagine how challenging it has been for some parents you know trying to keep their children off their devices you know and trying to devote quality family time uh, myself included. Now today I have an exceptional young lady her name is Katie Hammer and she's from Charlotte North Carolina and um I just realised actually I'd kind of I'd been there many many years ago. It's a long long story. It was a stopover. I was on my way to uh, yeah on, on my way to Jamaica and uh, yeah it, that was a, that was an experience and a half. But I think that's a story <laughs> for another time. <laughs> anyway anyway, um, Katie is uh, here to talk about the writing process and what that can look like for a teenager or a young adult aged writer. Uh, she has been writing since the age of 11 years old and uh, Katie has she has so much advice and insights to share about her author's journey i.e how to how to push through the first draft create well-rounded characters and how to strengthen one's world building skills which is incredible I'm, I'm really excited to hear about her advice you know because she's only 21 and she's already published two books I mean how cool is that how cool is that so without further ado let me say hello to Katie hey Katie how you doing hi I'm doing well thank you so much for having me today you're more than welcome and thank you for coming on my show you know it's a it's a real honor to have you thank you now, you know, let's just go with the flow. I always say this, let's just go with the flow and see where it takes us, you know, and uh, yeah, let's just have fun. I think that's the, I think that's the main thing. That's the main thing here. So before, well, not before, let's just get into it. Yeah, let's get into yeah. it. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, your background? Absolutely. So I've been a writer for a very long time. Uh, like you said, I started um, writing around age 11. I wrote my first book, kind of a novella length size um, between classes. I often got in trouble uh, for jotting something down in my notebook during math class. <laughs> but I was in love with this feeling of, you know, creating something new and exciting that people really wanted to, to read and engage with. And um, throughout middle school and high school, I was kind of experimenting with different genre ideas. I did a little bit of contemporary romance, a little bit of, you know, middle grade adventure um, before I got to college and finally settled on young adult fantasy. I'm a huge young adult fantasy reader. I just absolutely love the genre. And it occurred to me, why not try and write something um, that I that I just loved reading? And um, my debut novel, uh, Chasing Faye, is the first idea that really gelled for me. It was the first book that I kind of kept the same intensity of passion while writing all the way through. Um, when I was younger, I would often, um, I'd often get lost in kind of the planning process and I'd write, you know, eight to nine chapters in. There are definitely notebooks with eight or nine chapters of like 20 different ideas lying around my house. <laughs> and this is the first book that I was really able to 
take it all the way to, you know, writing those final words, the end. Yeah. And from there, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't stop. So I went through the revision process and eventually the publication process. And that book came out um, this past August, which is just wild. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. So how long did that take you to, to write? I would, to, to, I would to say, published? let's see. So I started at my freshman year of college. I started as a part of um, National Novel Writing Month. So November 2018, okay. um, I wrote, I wrote 50,000 words in 30 days. And wow. then I tacked on another 10,000 after my uh, exams were over. <laughs> okay, So freshman, sorry, Katie. So because obviously, this is, uh, I'd like to think this is we're gonna have a few sort of global listeners here. Freshman, Absolutely. how old? How old I guess I was, I was, I was 19. Okay. So you started at 19. Okay. Yes. And so it took, I think from the drafting and then I did about five or six rounds of revisions that took about eight, eight months. And then I found my first publisher, which was a new degree press. And I started working with them, um, I guess back in um, January, February of 2020. Okay. And I, that took about six months and then I kind of struck out on my own. I've been working um, with in kind of an indie publishing, self-publishing world, which has been really fantastic. I've really enjoyed learning, kind of strengthening my writing skills and my revision process and also learning kind of all the intricate pieces to publishing, like, you know, finding your editors and cover designers and learning how to format. I recently learned how to format my own books, which is awesome. Brilliant. Amazing, which you'll tell us all about, you know, as we kind of get into, into the conversation, which I'm really excited about. So just kind of staying on your, you know, your childhood. I mean, you, you said that at 11, that's when you started writing. Yes. And you just had that passion and you just love sort of seeing, you know, words come to life and getting, you know, embraced or just sucked into a different world. Did you kind of see it as a bit of an, like an escape um, sort of reading. Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, for me, diving into particularly reading, reading fantasy, I started reading fantasy, very young middle grade fantasy, at probably eight or nine, probably. Uh -huh. I, I loved, I loved exploring a new world. There's something about kind of stepping out of, you know, whatever's happening in your life and taking yourself into a world where, you know, where magic is real and people cast spells and there are dragons and fairies and fae. And, you know, you can really learn learn a lot about yourself and you kind of read yourself into the world into the characters you want to Definitely. step into it walk around you know play around with magic a little bit that was something that I really enjoyed as a kid and I kind of wanted to capture that same that same feeling in my writing amazing that's that's fantastic and did you prior to eight because you said you kind of really got into sort of reading at you know at eight years old you, did your parents kind of introduce you to reading when you like say you're oh. a toddler Oh, absolutely. I, I was, I was reading at a very young age. I would, um, my first word was actually again, which was please read me this again. <laughs> um, my parents would, um, we used to have these really big um, Disney anthologies where you'd have like multiple stories and I'd want them to read the whole thing and then start over and read the whole thing again. It was, yeah. you know, like 200 pages <laughs> as yes. you know, a three-year-old. Um, they definitely got tired of that. But my grandfather, my grandfather, whenever he would come visit, he would always, he would always read it all the way through and then start again and read it all the way through again for me, which yeah. really helped kind of my my reading development journey <laughs> oh that's that's brilliant I mean what do you because obviously we're living in obviously the digital age now and there's so much distraction and so much choice um how come you didn't kind of get caught up with that that you know that 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 path 
I, I definitely, I definitely did. When, when I, when I got to college, I was dead. There was so much happening that I've def my reading, my, you know, kind of racious reading kind of has slowed down quite a bit and I'm able to finish a lot less, but in middle school and high school, I was very much, I was very much still in the world of books. There's something I, I really enjoy having a physical book in my hand. You know, yeah, I dabbled I with you well. know, a reader somewhere around middle school, but I, I, there's something about having the physical book in your hand and being able to feel the cover and, you know, the raised letters on the front and actually mm-hmm. physically turning a page that I really enjoyed. I was a frequent customer at my school library. I would take, I would take home whatever my backpack could fit, which was usually eight to 10 books. If I could, you know, shove them into pockets and, you know, hide them Uh in, you know, inside some of my binders. I was always, I was always bringing just as many as I could home and then bringing them back and bringing more. So I just, I, I just, I guess I just never got caught up in that as very much because I was just so, I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to read a wide variety and see what was out there and keep falling into those, those worlds that I was in love with. Fantastic. I mean, we will sort of dive into, you know, your your um, author's journey in terms of giving our listeners some advice and um, tips, etc. But can I can you give our listeners any advice about because, as I said, you know, we're living in this digital world and I think reading is becoming less and less, you know, Um, is there any do you have any any advice you can give our listeners who haven't got that passion for for reading um I would yeah. say I, I think it I think it's definitely worth you know even if you're not looking to you know purchase anything at that time you know if you want to go into a physical bookstore if you even want to go on online to a bookstore and just kind of browse through different genres see what's out there so there's there are some I have learned a lot through the my kind of indie writing journey that there are a lot of subgenres out there in between you know just in fantasy alone I mean the number is just astronomical but there are all sorts of you know tropes out there that you might find interesting so just taking a look at what's out there even if you're not particularly looking for anything aren't particularly enjoying reading just you know kind of having a relaxed browsing session where you're not particularly looking for anything something might catch your eye that you know you might not have looked at and that's, that's something that I really enjoy doing is, you know, those times kind of pre-pandemic where I would just walk into the bookstore and mm-hmm. just browse the shelf and kind of see what caught my eye. Um, I was definitely I was definitely known at my local bookstore for um, whenever I would come in to have a, you know, a stack that was, you know, past my head. And I was <laughs> trying to carry all these books. I've definitely been been asked if I want like a, a bin or a bag <laughs> to like cart things around as I figure out what I'm what I'm looking for. So that, that's kind of what I what I would suggest is kind of, you know, give yourself a chance to kind of step back from it and browse just just to look. And if you happen mm. to find something that's good. And if you don't, then you know that's okay too. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. So, KD, come on, let's tell us, talk to us about writing, your, your writing journey. I'm, I'm up for hearing lots of, you know, advice and tips here. Let's take us along the journey from, you know, your first draft, how you get your first draft. You know, please, yes, tell us your process. All right. So I'll definitely walk through um, walk through Chasing Faye because that was that was the one where I really solidified what my writing process was going to look like. So I, so first, when I first get the idea, it's important to me to kind of sit down with it and write out my thoughts on characters, on the world itself, and also creating an outline. I'm definitely, there's kind of two different types of, of writers. There's outliners, and then there's what's called pantsers. Pantsers fly by the seat of their pants, and they write directly onto the page with no, 
you know, very little notes, no real guidance. They write, you know, from this. I, I have gr- so much respect for the people who can just, just yeah. create things like that. Me, I personally need to have, so I like to have a roadmap and, you know, a flexible roadmap, like just mm-hmm. the basic points so I can see where I'm going. And then my creativity kind of flows from there a lot better when I have a, you know, a kind of a guide for which way I want okay. to send the direction of the book. Brilliant. It um, might like, be worth, Katie, it might be worth um, sort of telling our listeners what Chasing the Fae is about. Yes. And then you can kind of talk okay. talk us through that process. Okay, so Chasing Fae uh, follows the story of a, a young mortal woman named Grace. Um, her older brother uh, is called to the upper realm where the Fae live to serve as a mercenary. And she expects him to return with all of the honor and accolades that he deserves. But when he when he is involved in a mysterious accident and dies, no, there is no word comes down from the realm. There's um, no money for the funeral sent, no flowers. There's no body. And so Grace suspects there's a little bit of foul play going on here. Uh So kind of overcome by grief, she decides that she's going to disguise herself as a fae and sneak into their realm to get some answers. She expects to be in kind of way over her head, but what she doesn't expect is to be caught by a face soldier only a few days in. He kind of takes a liking to her and her story and decides to join her. And so they go on this kind of crazy adventure across the realms to uncover the secrets of how and why her brother died. There's wow. kind of there's political intrigue, there's um, escapades in the demon realm, and there's um, there's some family secrets that are all going to help her find the answers that she's looking for, as well as some that she isn't. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So come on, continue with your journey. How did you get from there to there? <laughs> so, I, so I started with um, with my first draft. I did actually, I did about six to eight months of planning for it before, because I really wanted to get the world fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what the realm looked like, especially the Fae realm, kind of seeing all the different elements. I I realized pretty early that I wanted to have within the upper realm, there's going to be 12 kind of distinct kingdoms, which I call noble houses. And each of those is going to have their own distinct um, the look and culture that was going to be important to the way that everything flowed together. Um, I was in, kind of inspired by the um, by the Zodiac for the 12. 12 oh. was ridiculous. I, 12 was ridiculous. I don't know. But as soon as I came up with it, I was like, it's got to be 12. There's no other, there's no other way. <laughs> so I spent, I spent a good period of time working through um, world building questionnaires, kind of fleshing out the, what the government style was, what the physical looked like. I drew, I drew maps. I ended up, I actually ended up creating some maps um, with my boyfriend that are printed in the front of the book. So people can kind of find their way mm-hmm. um, as Grace and Aiden do. And so then I started my first drafts. Um, the first drafting process for me is probably the hardest part of the writing process because it's all about taking this beautiful picture that you have in your head and somehow making it translate to the page. Yeah. And it's definitely not a direct translation. The things that you know, there's things that you feel that you can't quite communicate, particularly in a first draft. Mm. But one of, one of the pieces of advice that I always give to young writers is that the most important thing is to finish the first draft. Okay. Finish the idea, get to the end. Even if it, it is the most messy thing you have ever written, it is, 
it is okay for it to be the worst thing you've ever put out. Okay. Because the revision process is where you get to take, take that framework that you've created and make it better. Mm-hmm. The revision process is my favorite part. I go through, I guess, five or six rounds of revision because I like to, I like to break out what I'm trying to fix. Like yeah. from first to second draft, I'll be f- fixing kind of the major plot issues. Then I'll have a beta reader read it to give me some feedback on what this very basic level is. And then I'll start building more. The third draft brings in more character development and more details of the world. Let me show you these details. And then the fourth draft is about, you know, adding another fine layer of everything is being described. And it, it kind of grows kind of exponentially each time. And I really, I really like seeing a draft grow from, from, you know, just that very basic framework to then you're adding, I like to see it as adding layers and layers to it until it comes Mm -hmm. out to be kind of the way that you'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and revision for me takes about six, six to eight months, depending on how, depending on what my class schedule is at that time, (laughs) how I'm fitting in, I'm, I'm constantly fitting in writing time in between, in between classes, after homework, sometimes in between homework, (laughs) it's, it's wherever I can find time to to write. Oh God, well done you, God. (laughs) Thank you. And then I suppose from there is about the, is about the publishing process and how you want to approach that. Um, Some people decide they want to go on the traditional publishing route with one of the larger publishing houses, which requires, you know, um, sending letters to literary agents and pitching your book and seeing if something lands. Um, That is definitely the most difficult um, difficult route to go to, or you find yourself in the kind of indie publishing world where you're working with either, you know, small publishers or hybrid publishers, or you're doing the work yourself. Mm-hmm. My first book was with a, um, so the hybrid publisher where I worked with them, they, they kind of provided the expertise and I, and I worked really closely with them to put out a product that I'm just absolutely so proud of. I was so I was so excited that this was the first book that I was able to put out in the world to readers. Um, And the the publishing process comes with all of its own. You have another more rounds of editing with professional editors. You have um, cover designing, which is, I I love, I love that part kind of take seeing, seeing your, seeing your cover for the first time is just one of the most magical things when you're like, that's, that's mine. Like that's going to be, that's going to be mine. So they partner you with like an illustrator, do they? Like yes, based they on what, based on your genre. Yes, they did. And okay. my my cover designer was absolutely fantastic. They put out just the the most. They were able to take this vision that I had and really trans. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "That's the one. That's it. Don't don't change anything <laughs> because <laughs> that is." It was just such a direct translation from from my brain to the cover that I was just absolutely in love with. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm kind of taking this, I'm, I'm taking this self-publishing route now and working, um, kind of learning about the publishing process as I go. Um, like I said, I learned how to format recently. I found a fantastic um, formatting tool that allows, you know, all of the paragraphs to be aligned properly on the page, which mm-hmm. just looks beautiful. I remember when I first, it took me a couple hours to kind of get it down, but when you put it through and it comes out and you're like, it's a book, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you put it, you put it out into, you put it out into the world when you feel that it's, when you feel that it's ready. And wow. Oh, and it, it must be such a great feeling once it's like out there. Absolutely. And 
when I when I received my first physical copies of Chasing Faye in my hand and I opened the box and I picked up a copy, I was like, Yay! I was just in absolute awe. It's it was it this whole kind of author journey that I've started has really been one of the most transformative um, of my entire life. Fantastic. And for you to try and do this and you're and obviously you're still studying, aren't you? You're, you're, yes, at college, you're in full-time education and you're literally, you were you're literally trying to find the time to, to write in between all of this, this stuff. So well done you. I mean, how admirable is that? It's fantastic. You know, I mean, as they say, there's 24 hours in the day. So it is very much how you use those, those 24 hours. Isn't it? Absolutely. It is very much about kind of finding, finding those little pockets of time to work on, <laughs> And, you know, when I'm not writing, I'm I'm working on marketing or I'm I'm doing things like this where I'm talking on yeah. podcasts and I'm talking and trying to connect directly with, you know, with readers and young writers. It's definitely a, a balancing act, but it's one that I really, really enjoy. Amazing. Fantastic. So just going back, just going back to your process. So obviously, like you said, you advise that, you know, once you have an idea, it's literally just get it out of your head. Just get it out, even if it's nonsense. You know, it's literally just getting it out of your head and then you can take your time to revise it, tweak it, whatever. And then literally once you get to that point where you're really happy with it, then obviously you go and you try and find a a publisher. Um, In terms of publishers, like the the big houses, do they, I mean, did you just obviously, like you said, you just sent loads of emails to them? Um, So there's kind of the, there's kind of, it's interesting because authors, don't correspond kind of directly with the publishing houses. You kind of usually go for a kind of an intermediary, which is a literary agent. Okay. And so the agent then takes those books and is able to pitch to a wide variety of people. Got you, and got kind you. of getting getting past those hurdles can take a long time. It can take, you know, it can take up it can take years to find to find people who are interested in what you in your story and want to kind of find that path through which is why I believe a lot more authors particularly young authors are turning to um kind of Indian self-publishing which is slowly starting to become a much a much bigger name and kind of a bigger subset of the publishing yeah. industry yeah I can see that because everyone's god there's so many books on the market now isn't it? and you can tell when they've been sub self-published just you just can tell which is a great thing and it's like why wait for you know big publishing house to 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 get your your message out there and where you can you know you can do it yourself which is which is brilliant i mean these indie um, literary agents do they charge you for their services um if your work a good a good literary agent will be it will not be charging you until your book gets to to a publishing house and they'll be taking a kind of a percentage of whatever royalties that you make so if you're if you're working with a reputable literary agent they will not be taking a percentage until you take a percentage okay so don't if you if you do start pitching in there and they're saying you know it's going to cost you up front then you should run in the opposite direction because that is not that is not how the industry is supposed to work okay okay and is there anything else in terms of the writing is there I guess it doesn't really matter how many pages or anything is there is there any guidelines that we should know yeah, our listeners yeah. should know there are resources out there to find kind of the average, you know, word count for your your genre, whatever genre you want to write in, whether it's fantasy, whether it's romance. There are kind of goalposts out there, but yeah. those goalposts are very they're they're flexible to a certain extent. 
you know, um, for like for young adult fantasy, the average range is between 80,000 and 120,000 words. Oh, but, okay. but, but, but there are so many books and sequels that go far past that yeah. <laughs> word count. And so it's kind of, it really is down to your own discretion and what the readers are willing to put themselves through. If, if readers are willing to read, you know, 600 pages, they will read 600 pages and that's the right length for your book. Yeah. So it's, it's very down while there is kind of general genre goalposts, it's very much down to the individual writing style. Brilliant. Fantastic. I mean, God, obviously you used to, I mean, you do love reading and obviously you are a, a young writer. Do you now find it hard to read other authors books? Oh, absolutely not. I absolutely love, I am still very much in love with the, with the style of reading. And I, I often, I mean, I draw quite a bit of inspiration from my favorite, from my favorite authors. There are certain, certain tropes that I really like that I try to incorporate. Mm-hmm. I, I like to take kind of combinations of kind of all the favorite thing, all the things that I love from my favorite books and kind of put them all into one, into one space. Yeah. So, you know, create something that if I could have, you know, I could have absolutely everything I've ever wanted to read put together, then that is, that's the kind of thing that I want to write. And that's the kind of thing that I do write. Fantastic. So, so Katie, you're now obviously, you're, you're kind of a mentor to, to young writers. What are the kind of common things that you, you, you get, you know, sort of um, asked or, you know, challenges that our young writers come up with? I mean, there's this thing of writer's block, isn't there? <laughs> yes, there absolutely. Writer's yeah. block is such a that's part of part of the reason it took me kind of as long as it did to really find that idea that gelled because my my writers when I was first hit with writer's block I would stop (laughs) like I would just stop there and I would never really try to return back to that space and that's that's kind of what I you know that's one of the hardest things that I see a lot of young writers come to me about the drafting process is just how do you get around those roadblocks and something that I suggest is to literally hop over them skip the chapter that is giving you trouble and Uh come back to it just completely bypass it and continue to write forward I I write my first drafts out of order I I think they was written from um forwards and backwards I wrote from the (laughs) writing from the forward one section I'd be skipping back I'd be writing the ending writing backwards and eventually the draft finished in the middle (laughs) which um (laughs) and I that was when I that was the first time I had tried tried doing that was really especially with national novel writing month when you have a set number of words you're trying to reach in a number of days mm-hmm. there is no time to go back and try to self-edit yourself so you jump to whatever you can whatever you can confidently write at that point just to get you know words on the page that was actually one uh-huh. of the most transformative experiences for me as a writer was was finding out that I could skip around <laughs> and I didn't need to write all the way through from the beginning that was something that was really important to me because I had had such trouble with that in the past. And once I was like, wait, I can just skip this chapter and start at a place that I already have inspiration for. Mm-hmm. And then you, you give yourself a few days to come back to it. And then you have, you either have the inspiration or you don't, and you keep writing other chapters. And eventually, eventually it does come back to you. Brilliant. And what about, you know, cause you know, there's, there are barriers, I guess, when you're a writer and when you are writing and maybe um, do you have any advice for people who have got the ideas, but maybe they're not good with spelling or good with grammar? Are there like tools out there that they can use to to help them? Absolutely. Um, I definitely use I use Grammarly. 
quite frequently on okay. both, both my academic and my personal writing to kind of give it a once over. It's, it's actually, it's really completely okay, especially when you're in the drafting and revision stages. It's, if you're not the best, you know, spelling grammar person, it is perfectly okay to be like, I know, I know several writers who are not the best at grammar and they kind of end up fixing those things kind of in the later editing stages, particularly okay. with a professional editor who can go over it and, you know, take a look. Um, if you're kind of looking to cover, you know, kind of a basic to a medium amount of grammar, Grammarly is a great tool. Okay. Um, I also use um, something called AutoCrit. It's a fantastic, um, it's a fantastic software for, um, for books to compare to like the kind of the writing style of the genre, which is really awesome. I, mm -hmm. It gives me, gives me indications on when am I showing, when am I, when am I telling too much when I should be showing yeah. more things? Or when, you know, am I using too much of one type of word or do I have too many adverbs? I realize that I have way, <laughs> when writing Chasing Faye, I realized that I overuse a lot of adverbs. Oh, really? And it, it, and it, it really, it really kind of gave me a bit of a wake up call. Like, all right, this is, this is where I fall in terms. It also gives you kind of an idea of where you fall within what your writing style falls within the genre. Like if you have you know, your, your description is average for the genre. You have really, or your, your, you know, characterization is fantastic. Or my, my advert number on the scale was all the way over to red. Adverbs. <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, that's something we're going to work on. Brilliant. That sounds like a great tool. It really is. It's a, it's a fantastic. Is, um, it, is it free? No, unfortunately that one is a paid one, but it does have a really great free trial. If you want to try it out and see, um, kind of see how it works. Um, I believe it is, I believe it's also available, um, m m as a monthly subscription, I believe. So, but don't, okay. I wouldn't quote me on that directly, but I'm pretty sure there is a monthly option if you wanted to, you know, try it out for a month and see, you know, see how that works. That's fantastic. That's, 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 that's so, yeah, that's, that's so inspiring. Cause you kind of think, cause I think everyone, I mean, we've all got ideas, haven't we? We've all got stories and I'm sure at some point in our lives, we always think, you know what, I can read, you know, I can write a book, whether it's about my life, whether it's about whatever. And there's always that thing, isn't it? There's always barriers or obstacles that kind of get in your way because of, you know, you think, yeah, I've got these ideas, but I haven't got X, Y, and Z. And, you know, especially in this day and age, there's just so many tools online, too, so many websites, apps that you can tap into to help you, you know, it's... um. Yeah, it's just having that confidence, isn't it, to just just get it all out. Absolutely. And it, it does take, you know, it's I I'm an introvert. I am such an introvert. And it's and I had, you know, a lot of self-confidence issues as as a, as a teen. And I'm, I'm yeah. still experiencing some of those now. Oh. But I it really one of the things that's really great about writing, particularly as an introvert, is that it's it's completely okay to have no idea where you're going with with a story idea mm. it is you know just just making notes and writing it down just getting something onto the page can be can be really transformative and can actually bring you more more inspiration by just just writing it down can bring you other ideas coming in I I believed when I first started the Chasing Faye that Chasing Faye is going to be it's going to have a trilogy it's going to be a trilogy and I thought yeah. that this trilogy was going to be my my one kind of shining, shining example of my writing. And that was all I was going to do. Like this was, this was my one solid idea. And this is what I was going to do. And over the process of the last kind of year and a half, I have notes on another, I think we're up to 13 books, new books, ideas wow. to, to tackle. And I never would have gotten to that space had I not 
pushed myself as hard as I did to Mm -hmm. really kind of get to the end and see what I was capable of. Yeah. It's just, it is that thing of just taking that first step, isn't it? The the first step, if you, once you take the first step, it's all, it's all laid out for you. Yeah. And it's just to persevere because like you said earlier, Katie, you're going to have moments where you have writer's blocks, you're going to have this time, you know pressures and all that sort of stuff and it's just trying to you know it's just keeping that momentum isn't it just keeping that it's it is it is all about momentum especially especially when you're when you don't have a lot of time and you're finding finding those little pockets of time to work in it's all it is the whole process is all about momentum and if you can keep there are some days where you're going to be you know you're going to be rolling uphill and the momentum's going to seem a lot slower and more sluggish but mm-hmm. you're going to you'll hit a you know a downhill portion and then you'll just be it'll just feel like so natural coming out of you yeah yeah absolutely i like what you put in and i think it is really worth sort of telling our listeners because i think it was such a powerful powerful thing here um that you've put here you've said i think introverted leadership is something that is highly underdeveloped in a student's education. And you said at at your school, leadership was a a value that was heavily emphasized, but the leadership examples they tended to hold up were for those individuals, individuals who were like head of sports teams or the student council were almost always extroverts who were really extroverts. Whereas since you've been on this journey, you realize that you can extrovert, introverts are are leaders, can be leaders, can't they? Absolutely. I did not, I grew up not really understanding that there were other types of leaders that weren't, you know, they weren't always, you know, loud in charge, you know, very assertive on their themselves and their, you know, they were always had to be like super confident people. And as someone who, you know, grew up with a lot of kind of self-esteem issues, I was like, there's no way, there's no way I, I, I must make, I must make a better, you know, follower than a leader. And it wasn't until I got on this kind of author journey and, you know, developed my main character, Grace, who I wrote to be this introverted leader that I wanted to see myself being, that I realized that there were, there are so many things that introverts can be very strong at leadership wise. They're very Mm -hmm. good at collaboration. They're very good at, you know, those kind of one-on-one networking interactions that that can really strengthen, you know, a business or kind of an academic interaction. And as I developed the character, I realized I saw quite a few of those qualities in myself. And as, as I was sort of forced into a little bit of a public, somewhat of a public speaking role as an author, as I'm, you know, you know, a year and a half ago, I never would have been able to do a podcast like this. I know I, my, my <laughs> public speaking, my public speaking skills are, are low. I just get, I just get so nervous and anxious. Oh, bless. And, but now that I'm, I've been on this journey for a while, I see that there, I have, there are some qualities that are, that can be very strong introverts that really shape them up to be fantastic leaders. Yeah. And I I'm agree. really, I'm really trying to spread that with as best I can through my writing and kind of the talks that I do is that you do not have to be, you don't have to be an extrovert to be a leader. You Mm -hmm. can, you can really change people's minds and perspectives as an introvert, which I did not, I did not realize growing up. Oh, brilliant. No, and I, I totally agree with you. You know, you can be a silent leader, you know, and I think you can be very humble with it. You know, you don't have to be an extrovert. 
you know because you know there's a percentage of extroverts who are who have got who use it is that the word extroversy (laughs) (laughs) um to hide their insecurities you know so there's that side of it as well so I, I absolutely um agree with you on you know on that that's absolutely fantastic I mean we could just go on and go on uh, KD um can you recommend any sort of useful resources or books or you know I know you've mentioned a couple sort of websites um beforehand is, is there any are there any out anything else you, you can recommend to our listeners Absolutely. So in terms of kind of researching the writing process, I would highly recommend um, Writer's Digest, Mm -hmm. um, Well Storied, and a website called Writer's Edit, which has my favorite guide to revisions of all time. It is a very clear uh, breakdown of the revision process and the kinds of things you should be looking for. Mm -hmm. And there is no other guide like it out there. So I would, that is one that I would highly recommend. Fantastic. Um, as well, if you're a, you know, if you're a young fantasy writer or, or you know, a young adult writer who's looking to get into the fantasy genre for the first time, I actually run a website called Fluff About Fantasy, mm-hmm. where I break down the writing process from idea to publication, for, uh, specifically geared towards teenage and young adult writers. And I kind of, I kind of form, formulated this idea as I was, as I was writing, realizing that I was pulling resources from, you know, somewhere between like 80 to 100 websites and I'm like this wow. all needs to be in one place for those yeah. people who for those people who really want to start that idea but have no idea where to begin Fantastic. so that's a, that's a good resource that I built up over the last couple of years to have a lot of solid information if you're a fantasy writer amazing that's brilliant but I'll definitely remember that I think I've got a couple of young people in my circles that I can share that with that's that's absolutely that fantastic, fantastic. Um, just a few more questions before we wrap up. I am conscious of your of, our, of your time, KD. Um, what is the biggest lesson? These are just my sort of standard questions I like to ask my guests <laughs> towards the end. Um, what is the biggest lesson life has taught you? This 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 whole process has taught me that I'm really capable of creating something beautiful that people really want to dive into. I had really great reception on these first couple books, and that has motivated me to to experiment with new ideas to really that because I have a, I have a reader base that is very excited about, you know, book two and even book three uh, down the line. Yeah. I've creating work that people love to read has given me confidence in other areas of, of my life. You know, I've I've talked a little about, you know, this whole public speaking aspect kind of Mm -hmm. discovering, discovering my internal voice and my writing voice has made me a stronger and more confident person. So I think the kind of the biggest life lesson that, you know, writing has taught me is that there is, there is such a world out there for, for young people to seize that it's, it's okay to kind of seize the moment a little bit. And, you know, those opportunities that come your way to go after them, even as a young, you know, even as a teenager, even as, you know, a college student to it's, it's okay to kind of chase after those dreams. Yes. Brilliant. Um, just kind of going back a little bit, because you, you said that you suffered with um, you, like self-esteem issues and, and, you know, you found writing as your outlet. Can you recommend or suggest anything or give any sort of advice to our young listeners that are going through self-esteem issues right now and writing may not be their thing, their path? Absolutely. It's important to f- find your people. From For me, it was 
going off to college and kind of falling into a really fantastic group. I found, I discovered my, uh, my honors fraternity that I'm in has been just a fantastic group of people mm-hmm. who they lift me up and I'm always happy, always happy to see them every time we have meeting. Even I've been, I've been fully virtual college for the last, for the last year because of underlying health conditions and just getting a, just getting a high from them completely makes my day. Finding yes. your people, not everybody is going to understand, you know, the kind of person that you are, whether it's kind of a burning creativity or an insatiable drive in you that, you know, you're just dying to share with people. It can take, it can take some time to find those people, but, you know, don't stop looking for kind of the people who are going to make you feel, feel good. Yeah. That's something I struggled with a lot in high school is that when I, this is like, this is like super personal, but I, I had a lot of issues with, um, bullying and harassment when I was in high school and I gave up for a while on, on finding people and kind of shrank into myself. Mm. And it wasn't until I kind of stepped out of that environment that I realized that, you know, there were, there was another, there was another place out there for me. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had discovered that earlier is that I, there, there are always people out there who you can connect with, whether it's, you know, whether it's through different clubs, whether it's through, you know, whether it's through, you know, online gaming or, you know, finding community, you know, in your neighborhood, just can continue to reach out to people because yes. when you find your people, things do fall together for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like magic, isn't it? Just it, things- it really is. Yeah. It was a, com- a complete transformation. And, you know, I, I'm always happy to talk with anyone who is, you know, whether, whether you're a writer or a reader or anything, whether you're anyone who is struggling with that kind of stuff, please feel free to reach out to me because I, I know a lot about how that feels. And oh. I, I really want to be an advocate for those people. Oh, fantastic, Katie. Fantastic. Oh, you've, you've just made my, you just made my heart kind of swell. <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, my last, no, my, my, I've got two more questions. I mean, you've given so much advice here about self-esteem um, issues and everything. What, any other advice you can give? Any three, you've got three tips or pieces of advice that you can give give to our teenagers or, or young adults absolutely my first one would definitely be the find your people that I just yeah. went through if, if you're a writer don't be afraid to try a new story idea you know finish that first draft even if you have to you know make bullet points along the way leave a couple chapters endings off leave a whole chapter completely blank except for one sentence but just get it on the page because once you finish you will trust me you will be able to see what needs fixing so much clearer than you can kind of as you're trying to carve out that path. Yeah. And then if my last piece of advice is for really for anyone, if you're a dreamer, if you have goals that you want to achieve in your life, even at a young age, keep dreaming, keep taking those steps to fill those dreams. You know, when opportunities, you know, arise, if you see some, my, I found my publisher on and my publishing opportunity on a bulletin board in my college cafeteria, mm-hmm. they were, it was talking. And if I had not, gone if I hadn't gone to dinner that night at that time I never would have seen it and I never would have kind of started on that journey so keep a keep a lookout for those those little things you 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 never really know how how far you can go on just one one moment yeah and it and please know that it's completely okay to go after what you want at a young age don't let anybody tell you that you know you're too young or it's too soon Mm -hmm. go after what you want brilliant Brilliant, 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 brilliant. 
And uh, yeah, last question. What is the most important message you would like to leave with us today? Carve your own path. You have to, I know as especially teenage and young adults are kind of developing what you want to do with your life, how you feel, what kind of person that you are. And like I said, opportunities are going to come your way in sometimes the most unexpected ways, like a flyer on a bulletin board. Take advantage of them when you see them and don't be afraid to to step into something that you might not, you know, you might not have thought you, you would love, but if, if it, if it, you know, if the inspiration strikes you go for it, because I can tell you from experience, it is, it has the potential to be one of the most transformative experiences of your life. Wonderful. Oh, Katie, that's, this has been great. Oh, so powerful. You've given so much powerful, powerful advice here. You know, you're definitely a, a great sort of advocate when it comes to, you know, kind of young writers and just overcoming obstacles in your life and, uh, and doing great fit and doing great things here. So well done you, you know, (laughs) thank you so much for, for sharing your heart with us today, you know, and imparting some really useful advice and insights about the writing process. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely loved this whole, this whole conversation. Oh, I've got to get you back on when you're, you know, when you've got, I don't know, half a dozen books under your belt. (laughs) I'd love to come back. (laughs) No, that's brilliant. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, listener, go on. I I hope you got as much value out of this conversation. You know, like Katie said, you know, just do it. There's no harm in doing it. Just get it out. Get it out on paper. There's no hurry. There's no time pressures. Just the most important thing here is just to get it out of your head and play with it, you know, and just find that little bit of time throughout your day just to play with it, to revise it. And um, magic starts happening, you know. That's when it starts happening, when you start putting baby steps into place and you start taking action. And um, you'll be surprised, you know. You might get your first book under your belt, you know. So there you go. KD has proved it to, proved it to us, you know. So it's been, and she's in full-time education and she's finding every little minute, moment of the day to to write. So um, no, that's absolutely brilliant. So like KD said, if you're interested in sort of a sort of fantasy writing, uh, fantasy writing, check out her, her um, website, you know, which is called Fluff About Fantasy. Yes. And Katie, is there any, um, I mean, if they want to contact you, is there anything else apart from this website? Is, is Absolutely. Con- um, my, my main website is katiehammer.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on, on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, if, in, if you want to see kind of my inspiration images for my world building. Okay. I'm always always around (laughs) wonderful there you go brilliant 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 oh that's fantastic so listeners oh god as always you know that's been i've had such a great conversation here you know spread the word you know spread the word to your friends to your circles um get the message out you know let's help our youth succeed and as always my social media links are in my bio and if you're looking for a mentor a transformational coach email me i'll be more than happy to support you so until next week again thank you thank you for tuning in you know i'm always grateful because i know we all lead very busy lives so i really appreciate your time so keep learning live fearlessly practice gratitude love unconditionally this is carol oakley peace and love to you all bye